Well, good morning, everybody. You know, uh, I tell people that I need caffeine for the natural man and the anointing for the spiritual man. But I believe there's some of you got enough of the Holy Spirit. You don't even need caffeine. I'm getting there. I'm not quite there yet. Amen. Always a privilege to come to uh, Wild Center. So when Pastor saw me in Roanoke and asked me if I could come, I was so glad I drove so I could be here today with you and, and uh, be in church. And uh, a lot of things I could say, but when I, I, I'm a very private person. I, re, I describe myself as being so relational, but not necessarily social. That means I, I like people, but if you're waiting on me to have the party, we'll probably never have it. But now if you have the party and invite me, I'll come. I'll have a good time. I won't stay a whole long time. I'll go home and have to rest from being with you all that time. When I, stay, when I come to preach at the WOW Center, one of the things I enjoy, and, and I don't do this very often, is staying in the home of Pastor Russell and Sylvia and just spending time in fellowship. It's an atmosphere of peace. We have such commonality of, uh, of, for the kingdom's sake and for the Lord, and, and uh, I just enjoy that. And on Sunday morning, I know three things are going to happen. Number one, I'm going to get up early because you all start at 8.30 if you didn't know. Number two, I'm going to have communion at the house with the, with the pastor and Sylvia before we get here. And number three, I'm going to Benera, and then I'm coming to church. So far, all those prophecies have been fulfilled. It is a privilege to be here. What I love about WOW Center is your worship and the atmosphere that you create that makes it conducive to the preaching of the Word and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, Pastor, thank you. Uh, I consider him uh, not just a, a fellow partner in ministry, but he and Sylvia as personal friends. And uh, I just appreciate who you are. Now, here's me to what I've been dealing with preachers for over 20 years in administrative ministry. And there's a lot of things I like about Pastor Russell and Sylvia. But one of the things I like about them is that they are who they are. And what you see on Sunday is what you're going to get on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. And, and, and the reason that's important is, listen, that's called integrity. You're the same person in private as you are in public. And the reason that's important is you can't have longevity of ministry without integrity. When you have integrity, the longer you stay, the better it gets. If you don't have integrity, the other thing happens too. The longer you stay, the worse it gets. But when you have integrity, the longer you stay, the better it gets. And when you have integrity, you have the authority of the kingdom operating in your life. And let me show you this. The authority is always a prerequisite to the anointing. Okay? So then you take authority plus anointing, and it equals kingdom accomplishment. So I just love these folks for who they are because they are who they are, and that's why they're anointed. Let's thank the Lord for Pastor Russell Sylvia. Amen. Acts chapter 1, verse 4, if you'll turn there with me. I'm going to preach three sermons in one setting. And because I'm trusting the Holy Spirit to anoint me today, I'm going to say something that's eternal, hopefully, without being everlasting. You got that, didn't you? 
while you're looking up Acts chapter 1, I, I share this with you just out of simplicity of trying to follow the Lord. When I was in the soaking yesterday afternoon, and I love, Pastor, I love that you do that. I'm, I'm telling you. I, I don't know many churches that do that. And uh, uh, he, Pastor told me the schedule for yesterday. They had a breakfast, and then they had the Holy Spirit Q&A yesterday, and after they had the soaking. And he said, you can participate in whatever you want to. You can go to the house, whatever. I said, no, I want to come and be in the soaking because I just love that, just coming in the presence of God and just sitting in his presence. So while I was here yesterday doing that, I'm going to share this with you. If it's for you, the Holy Spirit will bear witness with you. If it's not, it blessed me yesterday. How's that? But I sat there in the soaking last, last evening, and the Lord gave me such a simple thought. Now, here's what God does. When God speaks, he usually speaks simply but significantly. Okay? And the significance is in the, is in the simplicity. So as I sat there last night, yesterday afternoon, I just felt like the Lord put this in my heart. And I told Pastor I was going to share it today because if, I, if it is for someone, I want you to receive it. And the Holy Spirit validates his own word. Just because you're in an unfamiliar place doesn't mean you're lost. Because the Bible says in Psalms 37, 23, that our steps are ordered of him. Some of you may feel like, Lord, I'm in an unfamiliar place. I might be lost. Well, the Lord says, you're not lost because I'm ordering your steps. I'm leading you. Just because you're in an unfamiliar place doesn't mean you're lost. Would you stand with me as we read the word together? And I'm going to share what the Lord's put on my heart. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them. Jesus is, is talking about Jesus. He commanded them to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait. Not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they, come, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you, restore at, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now here's what the disciples did. After the resurrection, Jesus has showed himself for 40 days. He's about to ascend to the Father. The disciples are wanting to know about prophecy. When are you going to restore the, we're going to restore the kingdom? All right? But listen, Jesus redirected the conversation. He said, more important than you understanding prophecy is you being empowered by the Spirit to fulfill God's purpose. What I want to do this morning is I want to share with you a message about the Holy Spirit. And here's one of the things that I believe the Father wants to do today. I believe he wants to create desire within you. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, we're going to talk about that. To receive your initial baptism, your initial infilling. If you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I believe he wants to do something that creates desire to be refilled because the will of the Father is that not just that we be baptized initially, but that we be full continually. So I want you to come into agreement with me and just say this, Holy Spirit, whatever you have for me today is what I want. All right? Lord, you've heard our heart. We come into agreement, and we thank you in advance. 
In Jesus' mighty name, amen. The expression baptize with the Holy Spirit occurs six times in the Bible. The first time it is used is in John 1 and 33 when John is introducing Jesus. And it appears from the book of Acts that the early Christians thought about the baptism of the Spirit as being the believer's initial experience of being filled, first-time experience of being filled with the Holy Spirit. And after the initial experience of being baptized with the Holy Spirit, the Christian is commanded by Scripture to maintain a Spirit-filled life. So there's, there, there, there needs to be that initial baptism where we're filled, but then we need to have re, re, refillings of the Spirit. Someone said, we leak out. I think what it is is life and ministry pulls it out of you, draws it out of you, and so you need to be replenished so that that, that draw the Spirit as you live life and do ministry you stay continually in a fullness of the Holy Spirit. And what I want to do this morning is I want to look at the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 1, the verses we read was talking about leading up to Pentecost where we celebrate the initial outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But I want to take you to the book of Acts to six different occasions where they were baptized with the Holy Spirit. And on every occasion, there was a different Greek word used to communicate that experience. And each one of those words give you a picture of the life of being spirit-filled. And here's what the Holy Spirit's going to do today. He's going to create within us, through the truth of the word, a desire for the fullness of the Spirit. And so... I want, to, I want to do real quick. I'm not going to take a lot of time. I know you get great sound teaching and preaching and doctrine from Pastor Russell. But I want to real quick tell you what, when I talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I want to talk about what it's not. Here's what it's not. And they're going to follow me on the screen because I can walk and chew gum, but I can't preach and change slides. So thanks for your help. So here's what being baptized in the Holy Spirit is not. It is not the new birth. It is the Holy Spirit that draws the heart of the sinner to Christ, that shows us of our need. It convicts us of our sin and convinces us that Jesus is the Savior. It is the Holy Spirit that applies the finished work of, of Christ to our life. We cannot be born again without the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you the quick version, so I'm not going to go in detail with Scripture. And pastor can come behind, and he's probably already laid the foundation. But just real simply, it's not the new birth. It's not a sign of spiritual maturity. The baptism of the Holy Spirit didn't make them more holy. Matter of fact, the epistles of the New Testament are full of exhortations to live holy and warn against sin. For example... The believers at Corinth had this testimony in 1 Corinthians 1, 7. You come behind in no spiritual gift. And yet Paul had to give them instruction about spiritual living. So it's not a sign of spiritual maturity necessarily. Uh, it, uh, it is, uh, or spiritual perfection, it is, it is not a requirement to go to heaven. Jesus, Jesus is the only way to get to heaven. Amen. 
uh, it, uh, it is not a mark of perfection, get to heaven, or spiritual maturity. So let me tell you what it is now. It is an experience commanded by Christ for all believers. It is the will of God that every believer be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not an add-on. It's not an option. That, like when you buy a car, do you want this package with options or do you want this package? Listen, it is the will of God for every born-again believer to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 24, uh, verse 49, And behold, I send the promise of the Father upon you, but you tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. It is the will of God that all of us experience that infilling of the Holy Spirit. It is an experience which was common in the early church. And I'm going to run through the scripture real quick. Acts 2, 4, 120 believers are with the disciples in the upper room on the day of Pentecost when it was the Holy Spirit was initially poured out. Acts 8 and 17, the converts to Philip were in Samaria, and Peter and John came and laid hands upon them, and they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Acts 9 and 18, Paul and Silas laid uh, uh, hands on Saul and... Uh, uh, Ananias laid hands on Saul, and Saul was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Acts 10, 44, Peter's preaching to the Gentiles in Cornelius' house, and the Holy Spirit fell on them while he was preaching. Acts 19 and 6, uh, Paul is speaking to the believers at Ephesus. He lays hands on them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. What I want you to see is this whole experience of being baptized with the Spirit is very common in the New Testament. Now, Another wonderful thing about this Holy Spirit baptism is that it's available to every Christian everywhere in every generation. Acts 2.39, for this promise to you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even to as many as the Lord our God shall call. It means everybody, regardless of whether where you're from or how old you are, can be baptized, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Let me say it like this. Salvation is God's gift to the sinner. The Holy Spirit baptism is God's gift to the saint. All right, here's the it is an experience which offers believers spiritual power for victorious Christian living and effective ministry in the kingdom of God. Acts 1.18, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Let me give you a great example of the power of the, of, the, of the Holy Spirit to transform and make a difference. Do you remember before Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was outpoured on Acts uh, chapter 2? Uh, Peter was such a coward that a little maiden girl said, are, are you with Jesus? And he was, he was so, so much of a coward that he, he actually said no and cursed. But after Pentecost, what's happened? After he's in, baptized in the Holy Spirit, it so transforms and empowers his life. He's the guy, the one that was intimidated by a girl, He's the guy on the day of Pentecost that stands up boldly and preaches the first post-Pentecost message and 3,000 souls are saved. Here's what the Holy Spirit did. You ready? It turned a coward into a champion. Wow, isn't that great? So what I want to do is I want to take you through this real quick. I want to take you through the, the six different occasions in the book of Acts where people are baptized in the Holy Spirit, and there's a different Greek word. And, and let me tell you this. I'm not a Greek scholar, so I'm going to share the word, and it may or may not be accurate because I'm from the South. I do well to speak English, let alone Greek. Are you ready? Say amen. 
Is it okay just to be yourself today? I mean, I enjoy being here, man. All right. First time, watch the screen here. The first time, the book of Acts, where it shows they're baptized in the Holy Spirit. The first verb that is used is bapto, and it means being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And it's found in Acts chapter 1, verse 5. Jesus said, uh, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized, babto, with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now, that word babto in ancient times was used in an interesting number of ways. It essentially described something that was immersed. For example, a sunken ship is immersed in the water. A drowned person is immersed in the water. The idea of dipping a morsel of bread in a, in a drink is that you dip it down and immerse it in that water. Another example would be when you dye a garment. You take that garment and you dip it down into the dye. It's a word that is used to describe living in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And it's like the Lord says, here's what I do when I baptize you. Is I flood every compartment of your life and it affects your life so much it's like a change takes place just like you change the look of a garment when you immerse it and die and so being baptized in the Holy Spirit brings a whole new quality of life and character to who you are here's the second time it's used the second verb it's used is epicomia the Holy Spirit coming upon Jesus said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem. Now, the idea of this Greek word that describes the Holy Spirit coming upon you or being baptized in the Holy Spirit is that it relates to a coming upon a whole new set of circumstances. These things have come upon me. In other words, when the Holy Spirit fills our life, he reshapes our perspective on the world, our passion for the lost, and our purpose in life. When you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, here's what he does. When he comes upon you, he changes your perspective about the world. He changes, increases your passion for the lost. I'm going to tell you a story. One day I was with my wife, and we were in London, England. And there's thousands on a Saturday, and we're walking down the streets of London. And you, if you knew me, you'd understand how unique this is. I'm not given to much emotion. Now, I get loud and I preach sometimes. That's because I'm a classical Pentecostal. Okay. But I don't cry a lot. Now, as I get older, I find myself getting more weepy, and I hate it. Okay? But I'm walking down the streets of London, thousands of people on Saturday. And all of a sudden, Pastor, out of nowhere, I sense the Holy Spirit come upon me. I'm not in church. I'm not worshiping as I walk. I'm not praying as I walk. I'm just doing the tourist thing, walking. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit comes upon me. And I see all these throngs of people. And it's really embarrassing. I see all these throngs of people. And my, I began to weep because of all of a sudden the sense of 
the lostness of this multitude of people around me grips me and my wife looks at me and she said what's wrong and I said these these people are so lost it was a Holy Spirit moment when the Holy Spirit fills your life he changes your perspective about the world he changes your your passion for the lost and he also gives you a greater sense of purpose in your life when I'm up here preaching and teaching, this is what I was created for. This is when the anointing flows through me the greatest. And it reminds me that this is the purpose God put me on planet Earth. And I cannot do that without the empowering, the anointing, the infilling of the Holy Spirit. So when, the, when he talks here in the second part, when he talks about the Holy Spirit coming upon you, he talks, when he, he talks about when he comes, he changes your perspective, your passion, and your purpose. Here's the third word. It's Acts 2 and 17. Ecchio. And it means the Holy Spirit poured out. Acts 2, 17, Peter quotes Joel's prophecy about the coming of the Holy Spirit. And he says, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. What happens is when the abundance of water behind a dam, it's like this, when abundance of water behind the dam is released, it causes the generator within that dam to manufacture or create energy or power. When the Holy Spirit is poured out, released in your life, now watch this, all of the potential that is dammed up inside of you. Now listen. And all that potential that's within you. That, everybody say the word potential. Now here's the other word. All that potential that's dammed up inside of you is there for a purpose. Say the word purpose. So here's what happens. When the Holy Spirit is poured out, it's like that, that dam releases the water inside it and it creates energy and power and when the Holy Spirit is poured out the river of the Spirit begins to flow in your life and it releases energy and, re and enables you to reach the potential to fulfill the purpose that God created for you and that's why you can do in the power of the Holy Spirit what you could not do without Him that's why you're able to do things that are exceedingly abundantly above what you could even ask or think. When you are baptized in the Holy Spirit and the river of the Holy Spirit is poured out into your life, it releases that potential so you can accomplish that purpose. I'm saying to you, there are some of you that God says, I've got a great purpose for you. And you say, Lord, I don't see it and I don't feel it and I don't understand it. But he says, it's not about you. It's about the Holy Spirit spirit flowing through you as a river of living water and you say bishop that's what I want I want all of that potential so I can fulfill my purpose and I'm saying to you here's the good news you can receive that by being baptized in the Holy Spirit give the Lord praise this morning hallelujah hallelujah all right here's the fourth verb Acts 2, 4 says, it's plero, it, they were filled. 
It says in Acts 2, 4, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. In the Greek language, this verse was not used uh, there unless there was an overflow. So when he says they were filled, here's what it means. They were given by the Spirit more than enough. Say that with me. More than enough. You know what being baptized in the Holy Spirit does? It fills you so that there's more than enough. What? More than enough for whatever. More than enough to get up in the morning. More than enough to go to work. More than enough to go to Walmart. More than enough to do. It's, I, listen, I have within me through the Holy Spirit more than enough. So I don't have to worry about when it's too much for me because he's more than enough. When I was pastoring, I'd say this all the time. Am I communicating with you? So, am I communicating with you? Do you understand when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, when he fills you, you begin to live not in your own resources, but in his resources. And I'm going to tell you about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is more than enough. And when he resides in you in his fullness, that means because of his presence in you, fully working in your life, it means that you are more than enough. Most of ministry and most of life is more than I've got. But none of life and none of ministry is more than him. The Holy Spirit fills me with more than enough. Next time somebody says, how you doing? Say, I got more than enough. Oh, my goodness. I'm enjoying this too much. All right, here's the fifth one. And I know what, I know what I'm going to say. You're going to like this. Number five, Acts 10, 44, epipito, and it means falling upon. And it says in Acts 10, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell on all those who heard the word. Now, this is another picture of the Holy Spirit. Did you know the word here? Come here. I want to ask George to help me just for a minute. I wouldn't do this to Pastor, but I'll do this to George. Come here, just George. Stand right here just a second. It's going to be good, George. All right. I don't do anything to pastors that I wouldn't done to me, and I wouldn't want somebody to call me on the platform, so I'm going to call George, all right? The word here for fall upon is the same word Jesus used when telling the story of the prodigal son. You remember when the story of the prodigal son, when the father saw him coming from afar off, he did something that is unheard of in Eastern culture. Unheard of. The father saw his son and was so glad to see him, he ran to him. And the Bible says in Luke 15, 20, with great affection, he fell on his neck. That's the same word that's here used in Acts 10. So when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, here's what happens. The Holy Spirit wants to fall upon you with the embrace of heaven. Hallelujah. 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 He ain't going to let me go. <laughs> Do you see that? 
That's one of the pictures of being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's like the, you get the embrace of heaven. It's like heaven comes upon you and embraces you. I'm telling you, I want to be filled and I want to stay full of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit falls upon us, we experience the fullness of the love of the Father. Wow. <laughs> Can I tell you a story? I had the wonderful privilege for pastoring for 20 years. And so I was, I was um, pastoring in North Florida, a little old rural town. And um, there was a lady in my church who had been quite mean before she knew Christ, B.C., before Christ. She was mean B.C. Now, you don't need to be mean after B.C., but anyway, she, she was quite mean. I won't call her name because she still might be alive and she might be watching a while service while by. <laughs> but, they, but in their small town, she, they owned a convenience store. So on a Saturday morning, she called me one day. Now, you got to understand, I'm not being ugly, but I want you to get this. Before Jesus, she was mean. I mean, she was mean. I wouldn't want to meet her in a lit alley, let alone a dark alley. She was mean. <laughs> She got saved. She called me one morning, and it's so funny. She said, Pastor, did the Lord tell you? I said, the Lord tell me why. No, no, I want him to tell you. Did he tell you? I said, listen, I've been so busy talking to his people, I haven't had time to talk to him yet, so why don't you tell me? She said, Pastor, she said, this is so funny, and, that's, and it's so true, but that's what makes it so wonderful. She said, I had a customer come in, and they wanted some ice cream, so I gave them their ice cream cone. And when they were leaving, I'm standing right behind the ice cream counter and just thanking the Lord for how good he'd been to me. And as I loved on the Lord, I began to speak in tongues. And I was filled with the Holy Spirit right there behind the ice cream counter. And I said to her, I said, as you were loving the Lord, the Holy Spirit filled you as a manifestation of the love of the Father for you. When you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, He falls on you. He embraces you. Isn't that wonderful? All right, here's, here's the sixth one. It's found in Acts 8, 17. Then they laid hands on them. And they received the Holy Spirit. The Greek word there is lambano, and it conveys the idea of giving and receiving. As we're open to the Holy Spirit, here's what the Father does. Now, now Jesus said, go to Jerusalem and wait there till you receive the promise of the Father, the gift of the Father. I wished I had brought me a gift this morning to illustrate this. But as you, as you, as when you receive, what happens is you're open to the Father, and in your openness to the Father, here's what the Father does. He gives to you this wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit. And you, because you know the Father wants to give you only good gifts, and they received the Holy Spirit, you receive that gift. That's what it looks like. 
to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. The Father says, I have a gift for you. And you say to the Father, I want to receive any gift you have for me. And he gives you the gift of his Holy Spirit. So, so now watch this. Six pictures of what it means to be baptized in the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. It means you're immersed. He immerses your life. He dips every, he floods every part of your life. He comes upon you and he changes your perspective and your passion and your purpose. He's poured out in your life and released in your life then is the river of the Holy Spirit that releases or causes the energy of the Spirit to be released in your life so you can reach your fullest potential. When you're baptized, it's like the Father falling upon you with an embrace of heaven, loving you. And finally, it's like the Father said, I've got a gift from you. Would you receive it? Okay. Now, here's the question. How important is it to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? Well, let me answer that question this way. It's so important that Jesus, as he ascended to the Father to go back to heaven, he said, before you go and do anything, wait in Jerusalem until you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Somebody said, do I need the Holy Spirit to go to heaven? I need the Holy Spirit to go to Walmart. I, especially if you've ever been to my Walmart, you'd understand. Now the truth is, Jesus says, you can't do what I want you to do. You can't be who I want you to be. Don't go anywhere else until you go to Jerusalem and wait until the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit comes. I'm saying to you this morning, we need to be filled and to be refilled with the Holy Spirit. And you know what the Holy Spirit's been doing this morning? I, I pray and believe. I believe He's been creating desire within you. It may have been all of them. It may have been some of them. But for some of you, when I talked about being immersed, you said, Holy Spirit, I want you to flood every part of who I am. When I talked about him coming upon you and changing your perspective and passion and purpose, you said, that's what I want for my life. When I talked about him being poured out like a release of water behind a dam where all of your potential can be realized so you can fulfill your purpose, you said, boy, that's what I need. When I talked about him filling you, which means overflowing your life, putting within you the power of the Holy Spirit that makes you more than enough. No matter what life throws at you, you have more than enough. No matter what God asks you to do, you have more than enough. And you think, boy, that's how I want to live, Bishop. I want to live in that power of more than enough. When George came up here and I hugged his neck and you saw me embrace him, you said, I want the embrace of heaven on my life. I want to experience that kind of heavenly embrace in my life. There's some of you, when I talk about just it means to receive and to give. The Father says, I want to give you something. And you said, I want to receive all that the Father has for me. What the Holy Spirit did is created desire. 